but let us open up our Bibles to the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Amen. And the word of the Lord reads like this. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. And so Elisha answered, Go. Then one of the prophets said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And they came to the Jordan. They cut down the trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick. In another version it says he cut off a tree. A piece of a tree and he threw it in there. And he made the iron float. And therefore he said, Pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. Amen. For just a little bit, I want to teach on this topic uh, tonight of getting back to a place of greatness. Amen. Getting back to a place of greatness. Amen. We've already prayed, so we want to ask that you just right there where you're at, go ahead and take your seats. Amen. As we get into this Bible study of getting back to a place of greatness. Amen. Uh, I had mentioned to you guys that um, I brought a tool from my toolbox and for those of you guys that can see this, it's a, a hammer. It's a, a newer hammer. Amen. It's not one of those uh, wooden hammers. This is actually one of those uh, fiberglass uh, hammers. And, and it's got all kinds of uh, stuff on the top of it. Amen. And, and all of the, the glue and the, the handle and everything is specially made for this uh, uh, hammer head. Amen. So that, uh, so that it stays on the, uh, the stick. Amen. So that it stays on the stick and so that every time I go to decide to use this hammer and, and, and use it for its purpose, which is to, to drive in nails, amen, into uh, wood or, or to uh, uh, do whatever I need to do with it, amen, it's, it's fitted just right, amen, and it's locked in just right and it's, it's pressed in and, and I'm sure that it's all pressurized on the inside, amen, so that I can have the confidence to be able to use this tool for whatever I need it for, and the head's not going to fly off. Amen. I remember uh, as a young child uh, growing up uh, with my grandfather as a young child, I remember he had a toolbox, and he had a tool shed, and he had a lot of stuff in there, and he had a lot of old tools. He had a lot of tools, and uh, I remember one day he was uh, uh, going to do some work on this. He had this... Uh, uh, wooden car uh, driveway uh, patio type thing where he would he would drive his car under it and it gave it shade and uh, I remember he was ripping out the uh, the fascia board around the the sides because it had some termite damage and uh, he was he was taking it out and I remember seeing a stack of new wood there and he was going to replace it 
And when it was time for him to, to get to work and to, to start to, um, to actually nail the new boards into place, he pulled out his hammer and he had an old wooden hammer. He had an old wooden hammer and it had a lot of stress marks in it because of, of how old it was. And I remember on the top of it, I saw a, a couple nail heads on the top of it. And I remember asking him uh, what those nailed heads were for. And he said, well, the hammer's old. I've had it for years. I think he said he got it from his father, was passed down to him. And so uh, in order for that head to stay on the, on the wooden stick, he had to uh, drive a couple nails onto the top of it to, to open it so that it would tighten enough to keep the hammer head from flying off whenever he used it. And that particular day, uh, I, don't, I don't remember seeing him nail those things or do anything. I just remember him pulling the hammer out of the bag and telling me about it. And then he started using it. And I want to say about halfway through the job, you know, he didn't move his car out from under the patio when he was working. And I remember standing uh, next to the car and he was going at this piece of wood. I mean, he was really going at it. He was trying to knock it into place so he can drive a nail into the stud so that he could hold this fascia board up. And I remember him swinging that thing so hard that the hammerhead flew off. It flew off and it broke the driver's side window of his car. And it really scared me. It scared me because, you know, I was a young kid and, and I jumped. As soon as I saw that thing fly, I jumped and I heard the glass shatter and he jumped off the ladder and, and he's looking and he was upset and he was mad. And, you know, he, he really didn't pay too much attention to the window. It was already broken. He wasn't mad. What he did was he grabbed the hammerhead from the inside of the car. He went to his toolbox and grabbed a couple rusty old framing nails. And he put that thing back on and he began to beat on it so that it could create more pressure for that head, that hammerhead, not to come off. And uh, ultimately, he was able to get back to work. Amen. He... Uh, uh, was stalled for a little bit, uh, but he was able to get back to work and and uh, uh, finish off whatever he was doing there at the house. But it, it, I know it did cost him a little bit of money to replace that window uh, from his car. Amen. But in this portion of scripture, I know that it talks about uh, uh, an axe head. Amen. But in this portion of scripture, we read uh, of the school of prophets. Amen. It's a school that, uh, that was there that Elisha had, and, and uh, what it was was a training school for future prophets, amen, for future men of God, for, for future workers, amen, to, to go out into the field and to proclaim uh, uh, the good news or the gospel or to, to uh, uh, proclaim repentance, amen, because that was a huge message for the prophets of old was, was to repent, remember, uh, when John the Baptist came on the scene, the message was to repent, amen, to change your ways, to change your life, to do the right thing, to turn from your wicked ways, uh, because the kingdom of, of heaven was at hand, amen, it was, it was getting ready to, to, to come to flourishing, amen, and so people needed to be ready, and so in this portion of scripture, we read that the school of prophets, it had grown to the point that they needed to uh, provide a, a new facility, a bigger uh, facility. That's so awesome because it's it's when you need to when when you run out of room, that's a good thing. Can you say amen? That's a good thing. And so 
Uh, as they're in the process, uh, the Bible says, of cutting down trees to build their new classroom, to build their, their new school of prophets, to build their new church. Can you say amen? Uh, as they were in the process of cutting down trees to build this thing, one of the prophets loses his axe head, the Bible says, in the Jordan River. And the Bible says that he became distraught. He was angry. He was mad. And the Bible says that he cries out to Elijah, their teacher, the prophet. And the Bible says that the prophet goes over there and he performs a miracle. And, and in that miracle, the Bible says that that axe head, it floated from the bottom of the Jordan River to the top. Amen. How many of you have ever seen metal float? How many of you have ever seen iron float? Amen. I remember going to the lake uh, several times and, and I lost my Ray-Bans. I lost my sunglasses. They don't float. So I know that iron does not float. Amen. When it falls into the water. But he cries out to the man of God and, and the man of God performs a miracle on the axe head. The Bible says that it, it, it floats to the surface and the man pulls his hand out to recover the axe head. Now, my intention today is not to be too harsh on the man. Amen. Uh, on the man because, uh, you know, he, he lost it while being engaged in a great work. It's not like he was just swinging that axe head aimlessly at nothing. It's not like he wasn't, uh, like he was doing something destructive. It's not like he was out sinning with this axe head. It's not like he was uh, doing something uh, that wasn't productive. He was legitimately in the work. He was legitimately in the work trying to help build a, a bigger church, to help build a bigger facility so that disciples could be made. Can you say amen? And so I don't want to be too harsh on 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 uh, on what he was doing amen but because he was busy amen he was busy and and when people are busy doing the things of the lord you can't be too critical on them can you say amen but if we were to point out a flaw amen if we were to to, to point out a, a flaw in the activity of this man, I believe that it's found in this. That he was working, but he wasn't watching. Can you say amen? Because just like my grandfather, had he been watching that head, he'd have got off his ladder or even on his ladder, turned it upside down and banged it a few times. How many of you have a hammer that you had to do that to? Or a pick? How many of you ever done construction work? And the pick slides down and you turn it over and you bang it on the cement and it tightens back up and you turn it over and you start using again. So the flaw in the activity of this man while he was busy doing work was that he wasn't keeping watch of the tool that he was given. He wasn't keeping watch. Because remember the Bible says that he borrowed it. Amen. That he borrowed it. And so he wasn't watching out for the tool that he had borrowed or that, that was loaned to him. And, and as a consequence of that, the Bible says that he lost the axe head and was unable 
to work. He was unable to do the work anymore. Everybody else around was doing the work. They were cutting down trees and, and they were moving timber and they were doing certain things and they were making a pile there and they were making a pile there. But this man, he was at a standstill. He couldn't uh, uh, get into the work because he lost the axe head that he had borrowed. He had lost the axe head uh, that he uh, was given, amen, to do the work. And I believe that there is plenty for you and I uh, to learn from this portion of Scripture because that axe head, it represented, amen, it represented the power for him to get things done. That was his power. He wasn't hitting it. He wasn't kung fu chopping it. He wasn't karate kicking it. He wasn't doing it. He was chopping it with his axe head. And because he wasn't paying attention to his axe head, he wasn't paying attention to his power that was loaned to him to do a work. He couldn't get the job done. Because no man can chop down a tree by just wailing a, a, a stick at them or just wailing a hammer. To knock down the tree, it, it took a, a sharp, it, it took a, a biting power of the axe head to, to eat through the wood and to overcome that tree so that it could fall down. Can you say amen? And so when you look at it, in, in, in for us now as the church... You and I, we, the church, we need to realize that without the power of the Holy Ghost, without the power, without that, that biting power, without that, that chopping power, without that, that power that'll, that'll just go right through the enemy, that'll, that'll go right through certain things, and without the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, we'll never be able to serve the Lord properly. Without the power of the Holy Ghost, we will not be able to make a dent in this world, uh, in this community, uh, in, in the workplace, in our homes, in our marriage, uh, in our relationships. Uh, without the Holy Ghost, you, you don't have the power to make a difference. Uh, you don't even have the power to be resilient without the Holy Ghost. And so you and I need, we need the power of God. We, we need this power to get the job done so that he can receive the honor, so that he can receive the glory. Can somebody say amen? We need the power of the Holy Ghost in us. That right there is what's going to chop through the wilderness. That right there is what's going to chop through the heaviness. That right there is what's going to chop through the veil of flesh that is so heavy at times. It doesn't want us to pray. It doesn't want us to fast. It doesn't want us to go to church. It doesn't want us to do certain things. We, we allow the flesh to, to take us out and we, we lose that power to give God honor. And to give God glory. And, and, and when I was getting this message ready today, uh, sadly, the Lord was showing me that, that today's church, what do they call it? They call it the modern church. Amen. They, they call it the modern. Every, everything's got to be modern. 
If it's not modern, we're, we're not going to catch the eye. We're not, we're, we're, if we're not modern, we're not a fun church. If, if we're not modern, we're not uh, uh, appealing. Uh, well, the last I heard, the church wasn't a social club. Uh, it was a place where you got the Word of God uh, that transformed your life, uh, that restored a life, uh, that, that put things back together. Uh, and this Word that you took out there so that five years from now, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, you're not fornicating. Uh, you're not drunk in a bar somewhere. Uh, you're not in the back seat of a car somewhere doing God knows what. Uh, why? Because mom and dad took you to the church uh, and you found out what sin was uh, and you wanted no part of it. But sadly, the, the modern church, amen, the modern church has become so tied to its, its traditions and, and so tied to its programs and, and work that the power of the Holy Ghost has been lost. There's no more Holy Ghost. There's no more prayer. There's no more rushing mighty wind. There's no more cloven tongues on the top of people's head no more. No more power in the church. No more power in the lives of the saints or anything that we do. And we, we become so good at what we do that, that we've learned to operate in the power of the flesh. And no one notices the absence of the Holy Ghost. And all that right there is called, my friend, is having the form of godliness. Because you've denied the power of God in your life. Amen. And I, I, I hope that, the, that this word encourages somebody to say, man, I want that fire back in my life. Man, I, I want that Holy Ghost power. There was a time where, where I walked into the room and demons fled. You can hear them. And now I walk in and they just laugh at me. You know, I remember there was a time where a pastor sent me to go pray for somebody. He said, brother, I need you to go pray for somebody because this brother's opened the door to some, to some things and there's some demons in his house. Would you go? I said, yeah, I'll go. He said, you prayed up? I said, always. So I went to the brother's house and knocked on the door and there was already somebody in there. There was already somebody in there and, uh, who was there praying with the individual. And, and I got in there and she said, thank you, pastor, for, or thank you, brother. I wasn't a pastor at the time. He said, uh, thank you, brother, for coming. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, this is what's going on. And I began to talk to the brother. And, and as I began to talk to that brother, I can hear the demons in the other room. And I told the brother, hold on a second. I'll be right back. I walked right into that room and I shut the door and I began to pray. 
And every one of those demons that was in there, I can hear them leaving the room. I can hear them. I could hear them leaving, one leaving there, one leaving there, one leaving there. And I didn't leave that room until every one of them was gone. And I walked back into the living room and I said, okay, let's get down to business. And we began to pray. And guess what? Those demons never came back. Why? Because my axe head was on tight. The power was there. And when you know the power that is walking into the room with you, when you know the power and the size of acts that you have, it doesn't matter the tree standing in front of you. All you got to do is whack at it two or three times and that thing's going to fall right over. But sadly today, the church is lacking the power of the Holy Ghost. And we're trying to do it on our own in our own power, we're trying to do it in our our our, our own abilities, and and I'm talented. I oh I got it. I I got the gift of gab, and and I got the gift of this, and and I got the gift of that, and 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 we we go around and and we fake people into thinking that that we're full of the Holy Ghost, and we we fake people into thinking that we've been in prayer, and and we're trying to do it on our own ability. And the Bible says in the book of Zechariah. Chapter 4 and verse 6, uh, the Bible says uh, the, the prophet, the, the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel. He said, not by power. He said, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit saves the Lord of hosts. Now, when you, when you look at what's going on right there, there was a man by the name of Zerubbabel in the Bible. And the Lord had called this man to go and repair the temple that had been burned down. And so the Bible says that when Zerubbabel got there, all he saw was a pile of rubble. He saw a mountain of rubble. He took one look at it and he said, man, how am I going to do this? I don't have the crew. I don't have the manpower. I don't have the strength. Well, can I go to Home Depot and pick up some guys to help me out here? Well, how, how am I going to do this? And so he, he, he saw the work in front of him. He, he saw the, the, the mountain. He saw the, 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 the rubble. He, he saw it all in pieces. And, and in his mind, he's thinking, man, that's, that's too much work for me to do. And the reason why he got discouraged and the reason why he was, he was uh, getting ready to walk away from the work that the Lord had sent him to go do, the reason why that was happening was because he was, he was looking at his own ability. He was looking at his own flesh. He was looking at, at the things that he didn't have, and he, he was forgetting what he did have. Can you say amen? Amen. 
And so that's why the word of the Lord, the Bible says it, it came to Zerubbabel and Zechariah told him, hey, buddy, don't look at what's around you. Don't look at, at your own strength. That you're, I know you're a muscular guy and you got, you know, big shoulders and I know you can handle it. I'm pretty strong, brother Oscar. You know, although I'm, 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 I'm a, a, a couple of years or a few years shy of 50, I, I still feel strong, you know, and, and I got strong legs and strong arms and, and a strong back still. And, and, and I feel like I can, I can do certain things. But when it comes to the work of the Lord, it's not about how big your biceps are or your triceps are. It's not about walking around with a six-pack. It's not uh, about those things. The Bible, uh, Zechariah told, uh, was told this. He said, it's not by, by your power or it's not by your might. You're going to get this thing done through the power of God. Amen. And so this evening, I would like to talk to somebody. I would like to actually, I would like to actually walk someone back. Amen. I would like to, to welcome. I would like to help. I would like to walk someone back to a place of, of recovery, back to a place of, of restoration in the Lord. Through this portion of scripture. And I believe with all my heart that this portion of scripture, when you read it, it is so out of place. In the second book of Kings, it blows your mind when you, when you start reading first book of Kings and then you go into the second book of Kings and you see how Elijah uh, gives a mantle and the double portion of, of God's spirit onto Elisha. And then you see Elisha, how he begins to be used in the second book of Kings and, uh, because Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind and, and, and he goes and he starts doing certain things and he, he goes to Mount Carmel and then he goes and he visits the woman with the little bit of oil and, uh, he, he he goes and, and raises the widow's uh, uh, child from death, and he does certain things. And then all of a sudden, it talks about a prophet of school, uh, a school of prophets, and this guy losing his axe head. And then right after that, the next chapter, it talks about how he goes into battle. And so I, I say that it's kind of oddly put, but I think that it was put there to show that, that even times of greatness... And, and times where you're, you're on top of the mountaintop and you're, you're, you're dancing with Jesus on the mountaintop and, and you're blessed and you're highly favored and, and you got everything going on and you're eating steak every night and, and your bank account's in the black and, and, and all everything is happening. God says, I need to put this in there because something might happen. And when it happens, I need you to learn how to either stay standing or if you fall away, I need you to learn how to come back. And so I want to go over some points that I took off of this because I want to help walk somebody. Somebody say walk. We all like to walk, amen. I know I need to do more walking, but uh, we, we all need to, sometimes we need to, we, we, we go in a different direction and we need to walk ourselves back. Can you say Amen. We need to walk it back. And so I want to examine this portion of Scripture and the steps that were taken for this particular man 
or this particular prophet, what he did to get back on track. And the first thing that I saw in this portion of scripture was that it, invol it involves genuine concern. It involves genuine concern. Because remember, the Bible says that the prophet cried out. He said, hey, I lost my axe head and, and it was borrowed. And so the first thing he did was he was genuinely concerned. Like, like I was when that axe head flew off and it busted my grandfather's window. I was concerned. I, I was scared. And I was like, whoa, what's going to happen? <laughs> I didn't do it, right? Because, you know, we kids, we get blamed for everything. Amen. But what he did in this portion of scripture was, was this man, this prophet, he, he showed a genuine concern. Because as soon as this man feels the axe head fly off, the Bible says that he cried out in despair. And he knows that without that axe head, without that power... He's not going to be able to continue doing anything until he recovers it, until he gets it back. And so the first step in recovering the power of God in our life is coming to a place where we know we don't have it anymore. Is admitting that I lost my power. And you know the hardest thing to do, brother, is to admit, especially for us men, it's hard for us to come and, and say, hey, uh, I've, I've lost my power, I'm, I'm losing my anointing, I'm, I'm losing my desire, I'm losing this and I'm losing that. But not this man, this prophet, he, right away he cried out, Master, I lost my axe head, I lost my power. And so you and I, when that happens, we, we have to come, we, we have to come to a place where, where we know we don't have it anymore, and we have to ask those hard questions. Where did I lose it? Where did I lose my power? How did I lose my power? When did I lose my power? Why did I lose my power? Amen. What was I doing or what am I doing that's causing the Holy Ghost to, to, to be dormant in my life? Amen. Did, did something greater than God come into my life that did I now put him to one side? Is there something greater than God that I don't know about or that I haven't heard about? And so the first thing to, 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 to recovery, the, the first thing to, to restoration, amen, 
the first thing to, to mending and strengthening and perfecting is, is in, 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 in a, a believer's life that has fallen away uh, is, is, is to show genuine concern. You have to be genuinely concerned. We, we can't just be, oh, well, I, you know, I lost the Holy Ghost and that's all right. He'll come back later. It happens. Yeah, I lose them like half the year, but then the other half of the year I find them. For him, it was right away, right when he, when he felt it, right when he, he felt it fly off. He said, wait, hold on. Hey, I lost my power. And I need some help. He was concerned. And the second thing that, he, that it involves... The first thing is, is having a genuine concern. And the second thing is, it involves confession. Amen. Now, I'm not saying you go into a, a little box with a window and you, you tell somebody all of your darkest secrets and, and then they think that they have the power to forgive your sins. I'm talking about you going before the one that can forgive your sins and genuinely saying, Lord, I'm sorry. This is where I lost it. This is what was happening. This is what was going on. This is where I was at. This is what I was into. This is what I got involved in. And I lost my power. But you know what? The, the, this portion of scripture right here is so powerful because, you know, pastors get a bad rap. And I know that, 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 that somebody, there's some people that, that refuse, they refuse to trust the pastor. They refuse to talk to the pastor. They, they refuse, well, he's not my daddy, and, and all this stuff, right? And, and they refuse to go to the man of God because maybe they were in another church and the man of God hurt them, and they'll never trust another man again of God. Or, or maybe they were over there and something happened, or maybe this happened, or, or maybe that happened. Get over it! Because this portion of scripture, the Bible says that when this man realized the axe head was gone, he immediately told Elisha what had happened. He didn't run to the others. He didn't run to the, to the workers, to the ones that were there. He didn't run to them. He didn't run to the world. He didn't run into the city. He didn't run to the hills. Uh, the Bible says he shouted out and he ran to the man of God. Can I tell you today, church, that, that it is our responsibility as, as pastors, as, as men of God, to, to, to help you. It, is, it has to be our number one priority to, to just, above all, help you make heaven your home. Above all, above everything, help you make heaven your home. And to do whatever, to tell you whatever the Bible says, uh, to get you right, to get you lined up uh, so that you can make heaven your home. He ran to the man of God. And the Bible says that he confessed the fact 
that he had lost what had been loaned to him. <laughs> Amen. Remember when the, the Lord told the disciples, hey, go to Jerusalem and go to the upper room and wait there. I'm going to send you a gift. You know that a gift can be taken back from you? You know that a, a gift can be lost? How many of you ever getting a gift card for a restaurant and, and your birthday or something and, and you've lost it? You don't remember where it's at. And, and maybe six months later, a year later, you're cleaning out that drawer and, and you find it there at the bottom of the drawer under all the batteries and the keys and, and the remote controls that don't work no more. He confessed that he had lost what was loaned to him. And my question today is where are the honest hearts at? Where are the honest hearts that will cry out and that will go to the man of God and say, you know what? I've lost my fire that I used to have. I'm not as close to the Lord as I used to be. And I need help. Because I need the power of God. To operate through me once again to get the job done. It takes an honest heart that will tell the truth about their condition. Can you say amen? Because I believe that there are some today that need to, to relearn the path to the altar. Relearn it. Remember that day back when, when you, you, you went to the altar and, and you were filled with power, you were filled with authority, you were filled with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. You were, you were filled with a sound mind. You were, you were filled with power. You, you were filled with, with, with all these things and, and, and a lot of stuff was removed from your life. The, the weight on your shoulder was taken away. Anxiety was removed. Depression was taken away. Loneliness is gone. Anger is gone. Frustration is gone. Anxieties are gone. All these things are gone. But I truly believe that this last year that we went through was truly an attack on the enemy, not only in, in the physical realm, but also in the spiritual realm because it caused a lot of people to lose their way to the altar. And so we need to relearn the path to the altar uh, because we need God's power in our life. We, we need his, his power in our midst. Uh, but can I tell you, church, uh, that there's going to be a price to pay. And that price that we're going to have to pay is confessing uh, our lack of power. But we have to be concerned with where we're at. And we have to confess where we're at. And when we do that, 
Our third point, we have to come back. We have to come back because as soon as Elisha heard about the problem, he called the prophet back to the place where the axe head had been lost. And before it could be recovered, they had to go to the place where it had been lost. And so before you and I can, can recover this, this power, we, well, we, we have to in our lives and, and in our church, we must return to that place where we lost this power. We must uncover the reason why the power has been forfeited from our life. Is it because of some sin that, that is committed? Is, is it because our, our priorities have been misplaced? Is it because we're guilty of trusting the arm of the flesh instead of trusting the arm of God? Where did we lose the power? And so we need to backtrack. Remember the man of God said, where'd you lose it? I lost it over there. Okay, let's go. And that brings me to my fourth point. When he said, okay, where's it at? Over there, let's go. What did they do? They went to go confront the issue. They went to go confront the issue. You know, we live in a time where nobody wants to confront the issue no more. If we don't talk about it, if we, if we just leave it alone, if we shine it and turn our back on it, it, it'll go away. No, it won't. Because when you don't confront the issue, you begin to get angry, and that angry turns to bitterness, and then all of a sudden, you're out the door. And then it becomes the church's fault. You know, the church gets blamed for everything. Oh, my God. The church gets blamed for everything. But, you know, this individual, he, the man of God, he, where did you lose it? Over there. Okay, come on. Grabbed him by his hand and took him. Let's go. Is it right there? Yeah confronted the issue and you know what's so powerful what i like about that that portion uh, uh right here of of scripture brother oscar is that is elisha's response to the situation Elisha's response, you know, the man of God's response is always going to be to go to the word of God, to, to go to, to something spiritual. The man of God's not going to tell you to, to, to jump aimlessly into the Jordan and rent some scuba gear and to go looking around and, 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 and you might do this and you might do that or, or go punch somebody out or go tell somebody this or go do that or do whatever. And, and no, the man of God's going to open up his Bible and, and he's going to give you a, 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 some, a prescription for your sickness. He's going to give you a verse. He's going to give you some medication so that you can be healed. And so when he goes to the man of God, the Bible says uh, that, that, that he, he goes and he cuts a piece of the tree. 
He cuts a piece of a tree and he throws it into the river exactly where the axe head fell. And that was so powerful to me because that was a true miracle that happened. And, and you know why it happened? Because he went to a tree. And some of us in our mess, some of us in our condition, some of us in our sickness, some of us in whatever's going on, we need to go back to that old rugged tree. We need to go back to that old rugged cross and have a conversation with the Almighty. He cut a piece of the tree. He went back, and that's a, a symbolic, that's a, a type and a figure of the tree that, that Jesus Christ was nailed to, the tree on Calvary. Some of us need to go back to Calvary. We need to walk the road of Golgotha and go back to the blood. Can you say Amen. And I can guarantee you that when we do those things, the Lord will respond. When we have concern and we have confession, we go back and we confront the situation. We go back to that sin and we say, No more! I'm done! Whatever it is that's keeping you from that old rugged cross, that old rugged tree, the, the, the blood of Jesus Christ, you got to say no more. Because the Bible says this in the book of 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. That if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Church, there are some today that, that, that might be membership. I don't know that that might be somebody listening for the first time. Or maybe you're from another church and you fell away and God's telling you to come back. And this is how. Because without him, we have no power. Can you say amen as we come to a close this evening? this portion of scripture is is a powerful portion of scripture oh my god we can we can even we can go deeper and I'm telling you church I, I've been going to this portion of scripture for years even even for myself when I've felt at times where, where I've lost power where I haven't felt effective you know church I thank the Lord that I have a, 
a set prayer time every morning. And, and you know, I, I look forward to, to getting down on my knees and, and, and just telling the Lord how much I love Him and how much I need Him. I love it. I look forward to it. Because you guys don't know like I know what he has done for me. But although I'm a pastor, I I have those days. I have those weeks. Where I I really do feel like, hey, I, I feel like I'm just hitting the enemy with a stick. When I want to be chopping their head off with an axe head. And I follow the steps. I got to go back and I got to examine my walk. I got to examine my life. Where did I lose it? Where did serving God not not be uh, 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 like it used to be in my life? What happened? What went wrong? Don't look at other things. Look within and you'll find the answer. And when we get to a place where we're we're genuinely concerned about our salvation, when we're concerned about, about making heaven our home, when we can truly be concerned about going to heaven and seeing God at His throne and being there with Him for eternity, then we can go to a place of confession start confessing Lord this is what's happening this is what's going on this is what I put ahead of you this is this whatever it is and God's going to say okay he's going to grab you by the hand and he's going to take you to that place and you're going to have to chop the head off of that snake you're going to have to confront the issue You know, King David was able to to kill Goliath because he confronted Goliath. But he didn't confront him with his own ability. He didn't confront him with his own strength. He came before him with the power of God. And after all that was said and done that that prophet did, After all that was said and done, that the man of God told him, hey, it's over there. Go pick it up. I bet you everything that you got in your pocket right now, that this man was just as surprised as you would be if you saw an axe head floating on the top of the river. Just floating there. An axe head. Just floating there like a a bottle of water.
And the last thing that this young man did was to reach down and recommit himself. to the work of the Lord. He went to the river. He picked up what he lost. He picked up his joy. He picked up his liberty. He picked up his zeal. He picked up his power. He picked up his anointing. He picked up his unction. He picked up his salvation. And he put it back on the handle. And he joined the others. And he kept on working and you know what is so powerful God this is powerful you know what I'm excited I, I want to go another hour but you know what was so powerful is that nobody else put in their two cents. Nobody got involved. Nobody went over there. Que weedy weedy, que whoopty whoop, que, 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 que comadre tencha, and, and, and nobody, no, no, nobody asked, hey, where were you at, bro? How come I didn't see you working? Where were you at, bro? How come I didn't see you? They were doing the work of the Lord and they were allowing the man of God to do what he does. They were allowing the man of God help somebody be restored. You know, there's a lot of people that think that they can do it better than the pastor. And if that's the case, you should go pastor a church. But God has me here as the angel of this house for a reason. And you know what the man of God did? He took the time. He took the time to, to sit with this man and to hear this man out and to talk to him and, and to tell him it's going to be okay. All you got to do is, is, is get back that, let me show you, where, where did you lose it at? What's happening? What's going on? And, and, and he grabbed that power and he went back to work. And, and, and I can imagine... how happy he was to be back in the fold around like-minded people continuing on in the work of the Lord building God's kingdom for others so that they could make disciples that's what it's all about church it's not about me and it's not about you it's about building the kingdom of God Bow your head with me this evening, church.
Jesus, we thank you so much. We love you so much and we hold you in such high esteem tonight. You have been so faithful to us when we ourselves have not been so faithful back. You still continue to be there. Jesus, and tonight I want to pray for those individuals that find themselves in in this place who have lost their power, who, who have lost their way and have lost their sense of direction in you. Lord, and I pray that this word, that your word draws them back, that it brings them back so that they too may have salvation. God, I pray this in Jesus' name tonight. Amen.